0: (laughs) . turn on that let me turn that up here we go so ah been an interesting couple days interesting couple days and i've been getting some interesting emails on this um so i wanted to come out and cover it it was not what i was working on i was actually working on some other stuff in regards to the uh bud light thing and some other stuff going on um and why they would possibly do that and some other research i found in regards to that but Uh, this one kind of was thrown at me by a couple people. So I just said, all right, fine. Uh, We're going to cover this one. We're going to talk about this one. So there is a new trucker protest. A new trucker protest to go out and protest the DOT uh, by the old school people. um, And they've decided to come out and protest some of the low rates. And it's covered. It was posted and shared out by um, Alex from um, Big Mother Trucker. Um, And he shared it out. So of course I've got to take a look at it and um because it was emailed to me. And I thought some of this was interesting and I uh, look. Again, um I've got the comments going if somebody wants to come in here, um I will gladly um talk to you about this. I will be respectful. I I have no problem going back and forth, but I think I've got a solution. I think I've got something to fix the problem. Um and I don't know if it's something you guys that you would prefer to do, but I have a feeling that it's not going to be um, a great thing. So I do have um, some suggestions. So this is constructive, um, as much as it is um, also my normal style of, um, well, just me being me and doing my thing. So that is kind of what I wanted to talk about. So, like I said, it is it's interesting. Uh, that we're here again to do the protest for cheap freight and things like that. But I, I seriously, seriously would love someone to come on um, and and actually, I want to go over this with someone and have a constructive, not even a debate, not not, not back and forth. I'm not looking just actual see where the problem lies, to be honest, because I did do I did have a conversation with someone else uh, over the weekend, which I understand the situation there, but that's not, like I said, I truly would like to have someone on. Uh, they are. They are protesting supply and demand. So I can go into here. I can do one of two things. Like I said, if somebody wants to come on, let me know. Um, I, I have an option between clicking a link where you, you're you still, you know, you don't have to have your camera on. I can control your your audio and your video. Or I have access for somebody to be able to call in if they wanted to call in. Now, I just I, I just find this interesting because here's where the problem lies. And and TC Blogs is one that if you have not checked out TC, um, you need to let me do this real quick while I'm talking because he's at least putting an option out there for somebody to go uh, specialized basically. Let me type you in. So if you are in trucking and you are having a hard time, if you do, if you want to stop the insanity, stop doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Um, so let me do this real quick here. So if you're doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, let me do that. All right. Stop it. Please stop. You're being told now, please stop. Uh, you can still stay in trucking. You can still do that. You might have to upgrade your status. You might have to just learn a little bit more, learn something new, uh, and try something you know that you might not like. But at least you've given it a shot, and you've put yourself into a better or better category by doing something that I suggest everyone do with their license. All right. I have a CDL license. I have my doubles, triples, and tanker endorsements. I have has my hazmat. I've hauled fuel. Um, to houses where I delivered the fuel. So it was like a um, a straight truck, basically, tanker. But I had to get my hazmat for that. But I, I've always had my tanker's endorsement because you didn't have to take a test. Like, you you can do doubles and triples, take the test, bam, it's on your license. And I was always afraid that that would change and you'd have to go take it in doubles and triples, which I know it would be difficult, but at least for the tanker aspect... I thought that that would change when I got my license trip in 19, I don't know, 20 something years ago, more than that now. Over 20 years ago, I was nervous that they would start to say, hey, for you to to have your tanker endorsement, you'll have to take it in a tanker. So I went out and I just said, you know, if I'm taking this test, I'm taking all of them and I want all my endorsements. Um, I did take, I have my bus endorsement. I got my straight truck before I got my class A um, and we took it in a bus. I have I can drive a standard, um, so because I never even I've never driven an automatic truck ever, so I have all the endorsements except for motorcycle. I don't have my motorcycle, but that had nothing to do with trucking. So that is something that if you can just take a test and get something added onto your endorsement, um, it, you should do that. You should get your tanker now. Just so everybody knows, if you are pulling a new tank like on a flatbed, you do not need a tanker endorsement. If you are pulling something that was used as a tank, even though it's empty and it has no liquid in it, you technically need a tanker endorsement. Uh, so it's something that if you want to be safe and you're looking to pull flatbed or step deck or something other than, you know, when you're hauling something that's a tank, you're going to want a tanker endorsement just to be on the safe side. Because, you don't. if it was new, if it was used, you'd be like, nope, I got it. Um, and there's a lot of times drivers, you know, grab stuff that technically needs a tanker endorsement in, even though it's on a, in a van or even though it's on a flatbed. So that's one that I do recommend. If you are even going to get a flatbed, um, take, get your tanker endorsement. It's, it's a test it lasts, And of course, hazmat changes, but the tanker endorsement does not. All right. So one of the th- problems I I've been having is I truly, um, want to talk about this in an aspect that, uh, yes, totes required also inside a tanker. Uh, they require that tanker, and a lot of guys they show up and they don't know that. But you will find out when the DOT finds out. So if a DOT pulls you over and says, "Hey, what you got in there, driver?" And says, "Where's your tanker endorsement?" Um, you're gonna find out you needed one. And so I normally recommend getting that one anyways. If it's just a, if it's just a test and it lasts, you know, forever on your license. So I do want someone. If somebody wants to come up here. And have a polite, respectful, 100% conversation. I will hear you out. I want to actually hear the thought process behind this. Uh, But this was something that's now at like 20,000 views on uh, Mother Trucker's official trucking channel. Um, And I'm going to kind of play this because I'm, I'm dumbfounded. I'm literally dumbfounded. Uh, not another cam show. That's a fantastic name, Cam. We should definitely talk because I've got some ideas. All right. Let me do this here. Let me turn on this cam. So what this is, is there is a new protest, a new protest. And I'll tell you what, TC, you're going to love this. So there's a new protest that came out. That is the, I'm actually going to turn off my logistics. So you can kind of see this as I bring this over. So there is a new protest, basically, that was, we're going back to D.C. May 1st, 2023. In 2020, drivers staged a protest over enforcement of the rights to see the freight bill. The truckers' movement for justice is returning to Washington, D.C. to demand all hours worked, all hours paid. Now, I'm not going to lie. I I agree with with uh, all hours worked, all hours paid. If you are a company person, company driver, 100%, you're If a company driver and you're hanging. I don't like when I had company drivers, if they showed up, they're paid. I don't, you know, I, uh, there was no free hours for, for company drivers. There was no free stuff. So if you're a company, when you go to give the bill, when you, you know, quote a load, like I'll tell drivers, you know, Hey, My before you quote this, technically, they look for for my company does uh, one of my companies does the most is three hours of free time. But the three hours isn't like you're just sitting there doing nothing. There's times that we're literally moving these over dimensional loads to get the best dimensions. So the guy in front of you, we might move it four times, but we're going to do the same thing for you so we can get you the smallest dimensions uh, for shipping. So if it works out that we move this thing and you're smaller than was originally quoted, well, you get a smaller load and fantastic. But I tell them that up front so that they can make a proper, um, you know, quote and factor that those three hours in, right? And, and that's fine. I don't care. But I tell them after that, the company doesn't pay it. So you, you're you welcome to factor what you want in your quote um, prior to. And that's how I handle that. Okay. Overtime for all truckers. I don't, again, overtime is something paid to employees, um, should be 100% paid to employees. Uh, Is it overtime technically paid to all truckers? Yes and no. Like there's times it's like, you know, if I'm going to hold, uh, if you want service on a Sunday, you pay more than if you want service on a, on a Monday. Right. That type of situation, you know what I'm saying, is kind of uh, definitely a, a different pay scale for a Sunday plumber to come out than for a regular guy to come out on a Monday. Enforcement of the right to see every freight bill uh, again. Uh, you want to uh, you're welcome to ask for that. Do I believe it's in your best interest? I don't. But I've already talked about that on another show. The Truckers Movement for Justice is a grassroots organization. Join us uh, for your safety. And ours, you can't bring your truck. Now, before I kind of get started, I'm going to play this. But I want to kind of talk about who some of the main people are that are promoting this. And I don't know if you can see this. But I pulled this off. And I'm not a very good Facebook person. I don't know really much. how to. I don't truly have a Facebook Presence per se, but the Facebook one that's definitely promotest is the leftist trucker. The leftist trucker. Now that's fine. I don't care if you're right or left. I'm, like I said, I'm the outcast. But we're going to take a look at what the leftist trucker also promotes. Now, is this the leftist trucker that's promoting this? No, but they're definitely in good company with each other. Um, so there seems to be the leftist trucker, if you go on his Facebook page and you check out the people that he's following, a lot of communist stuff on there, some Satan stuff on there, um, we're gonna, we're, but we're going to talk about that after we kind of watch what this is about and see if there's any reference to leftist, possibly communist type stuff and the people that are kind of pushing this the hardest. So that is the protest that we're having. Again, like I said, I did a little bit of research into to who this is, you know, who's kind of pushing this, and, and who's about this, and the, and the person that's in charge of this. So let me do this. We're going to go ahead and play this. Let me know if you guys can hear this.
1: Nobody can operate at these rates. Nobody. Um, you no, know, there's thousands... I mean, hundreds of thousands of owner-operators that are suffering right now. And uh, it is time to take the biggest stance in U.S. history. What happened three years ago will be kindergarten compared to what we're doing right now.
0: Now, if you don't... Anybody doesn't remember who we're, we're hearing. This was one of the people that came out with the TQL protest that said that he talked to somebody from TQL a long time ago in regards um, to freight and, you know, how they, their, their, they work the prices and things like that. This was somebody... Back then on that protest, that was a part of the first protest, um, if you don't remember him.
1: And so um, every single owner-operator that is actually suffering with how big is your fleet, the bigger the better. Um, I, I literally had to recover somebody's abandoned truck yesterday because they could not afford to pay the driver. <laughs> this is what
0: the problem would do. Deal- okay, so he had to go recover somebody's truck because they could not afford to pay the driver. Got it.
1: Today in America, today the market is set at $1.60 a mile or even less. Tricks on and I'm here with it. you guys should know this guy by now.
2: Hey, good afternoon, guys.
1: And this is his lovely wife. What is your
2: name? Giselle.
1: Giselle. He's an owner-operator like many of you that are sitting here actually crying, begging, and trying to figure out a way to stay afloat. We've got the permits for D.C. However, you cannot bring your equipment. I say load up your cars, join us in D.C. May 1st, right in front of the United States Department of Transportation. There is a movement and an organization, and it is called Trucker's Movement for Justice. TMJ, Trucker's Movement for Justice.
0: Now, the Trucker's Movement for Justice was started by um, a Billy Randall. And he basically... Do I have this up here? Which one is this on? He basically also started to push, which it was for being paid... For the hours that you worked. He was a New Jersey, New York port type guy. He handled a lot. He does a lot of that type stuff also. And he's been on um, quite a bit of shows. There's a lot of companies out here like the leftist um, trucker and things like that that also push him and also push that this type of thing. But we're going to get into that in a minute.
1: This is something that's going to be huge. There is a permit that is set, and it is absolutely legal to be there. However, they're asking that you don't bring your trucks.
3: Today we have a, a big topic to talk about. I know- Now, this is Asian Mai. Uh,
0: this is Mother Trucker. This is his channel that is sharing this out uh, again, and, and we're going to talk about this in a second, too.
3: I know that the industry is hurting extremely badly all across the board. One thing's for sure, all owner-operators definitely want better rates. Now, how to get those rates, those are definitely debates and opinions that are happening right now. So some people think that you should just shut down and not go to work for two weeks. Others think that you need to block Washington, D.C. Others are protesting. You know, people are doing it and have their values of what they feel will work. You know, one thing's for sure, it has not worked completely because if it has, rates would have gone up already. So, this channel is made to share information that truck drivers are sharing to us. And so, we do not ever, ever, ever try to silence anybody. So, I've had 50 truck drivers send me links to this, which means that I need to share it and let other truck drivers...
0: 50 whole truck drivers have, have already shared this, so he definitely needs to share it. And and I understand. He wants... HMI wants to put out information. He's not... He at some point he doesn't really go care either way what the information is. Now he does want you know education and, and learning and stuff like that, and kind of maybe wants both sides to be seen. Um, but I kind of wish at Asian Mai would also push a little bit more of the education of the of what's going on. Um, but it, that's his channel, it's his channel to create content, and he's creating content. Right. He's not doesn't say he's an educator, doesn't he's not holding classes, he's not holding courses. He's he's in he's a content creator in the trucking genre.
3: Know what's going on is what the headline says. So we're going back to D.C. May 1st, 2023. In 2020, driver stage of protest over enforcement of the right to see the freight bill. Truckers movement for justice returning to Washington, D.C. to demand all hours worked, all hours paid. Overtime for all truckers enforcement of the right to see every freight bill. Truckers movement for justice is a grassroots organization. Join us in taking the power of the industry back into our hands.
0: Now, one of the issues I'm not saying, but one of the issues that did come up with the truckers convoy and the protests up in Canada was the GoFundMes that were set up were found out to be not for the truck drivers. They were ended up being, uh, well, we all know the stories of that, of them allegedly, you know, taking some of the money and doing stuff with it that, you know, poof, gone. So it's it's I do not see a GoFundMe for this yet. But if there's a GoFundMe, you're going to want to um be very cautious on on in regards to where the money's going when you w- with some of these protests.
3: For your safety and ours, please don't bring your truck. So the thing about this that a lot of people had problems with is a lot of truck drivers believe that you should not hurt traffic, you should not shut down, you should not block roads. All that's going to do is make truck drivers look bad. So in this, they've gotten a permit to actually be in front of the department of transportation. And so on May 1st, this is what their call to action is. And they're hoping that every single owner operator go there and show their support, but do not bring their semi-truck. You know, I've had this video right here shared to me from a lot of truck drivers. So I'm re 50 be sharing it to just give you all the information, because if this is something that you feel is important and something that you want to be a part of, Here's your information. But
0: this is now. Here's the problem with this, and I'm going to explain why. This is something that you, if you're thinking this way, and you're protesting in this way, you might. It's just, You're you're not understanding how your industry works. You're not how, understanding how capitalism works. It's you're not understanding how trucking, logistics, uh, supply chain freight brokering, shipping, business owner, any of that stuff, you don't understand how it works. Um, there is a structure to the way it works. Now, lots of people have found you know, their own little loopholes and things like that to make it work better for them, but the basic structure of a capitalist, non-communist country, capitalism works a specific way, and then you, ha- you try to find ways through that to make your, you know, your business do better
1: is your opportunity right now to let your voice be heard. There will be lawmakers there. We're also trying to get the, the uh, United States Department of Transportation because we're going to be right in front of them. For example, Pete Buttigieg, who absolutely has no idea about trucking, uh, who runs trucking, um, sat in a truck for 30 minutes, and he has no idea how to operate a truck. He has no idea the sacrifices that you, I, or Angel right here has made to provide for his family. These rates are absolutely disgusting. You cannot operate at this at all. I strongly suggest that if you've ever needed to be heard May 1st, 2023, in front of the U.S. DOT, you can legally be there. I say, let your voice be heard. Angel, go ahead. All
0: right. So right now, he mentions that the going rate is about $1.65 a mile for spot market freight, and you can't operate at these prices. Um, Let your voice be heard. So right now, my question would be, well, what are you demanding? Are you demanding more money? Are you demanding that you want higher wages? Because you're not employees, you're businesses. So are you demanding that the government forces people to pay you more money for doing your job? Like, what are you actually, you know, pushing for with the rates, right? You want to see the freight bill? Okay, now you can see the freight bill. What are you going to do with it? Like what, once you know how much, now for me, like I said, I don't believe you have, you're, gonna, you're already going to see that I'm billing the trucking company or the, I'm sorry, the shipper, the customer. Let's just say, let's use simple numbers, two fifty a mile, but I'm paying you, let's just say simple numbers. Now, $2 a mile, my, in, my company property into, you know, a uh, corporate property technically is the finances, right? Like, giving you how much money I'm making on everything I do, do you have the right to see that? And we've kind of established that, well, would you ask the customer what they're billing their customer? And lots of people I've asked have said, well, no, because that's none of my business. But once I put the word broker in the middle, you're like, oh, it's my business now. But it's actually not. Like, how much money I get paid, in in, in again, is really none of your business, just like, it's not my it's not my business to know how much profit you're putting on top of the load you're quoting me, right? Like if you need $1.50 to run and you're charging me $4 to run or $5 to run, that's really none of my business. I I don't care. Like it's it's not. It's not my business to know what you need and how much profit you're putting on top of the run. If you need $150 a day, but you want $1,000 a day and you're billing me $1,000 a day. That's none of my business. I don't, I don't care. I'm not going to ask you what your expenses are. I'm not going to ask you what your numbers are. Um, And no broker should, right? No freight broker should. It's not my business. It's not your business. It's okay. You know, can you haul it? This is what it's paying. What do you want me to do? You know, can you do it or not? Now that's what most brokers run. I've already gone over. It's not how I do stuff. Ninety nine percent of the time, um, but what are you looking for? So here's the question I want to ask as we listen to this, and here's what I want to go over, okay? And this is what where I get confused. I truly don't understand what people are thinking. So let's say you got the truck drivers all wanted four dollars a mile. All right, they all wanted four dollars a mile. this should pay four dollars a mile so if all freight paid four dollars a mile, more truck drivers would come into trucking because they could operate let's just say at a dollar fifty a mile, a dollar sixty a mile at you know before they turn a profit, but they want four dollars a mile or if they can operate at $2 a mile. They want $4 a mile and we're supposed to start, we're supposed to pay $4 a mile, right? Let's just say, because I'm, I, I don't understand what truck drivers want. Like I, I hear this all the time. We want more money. Well, what do you want? Nothing should pay less than $3 a mile or $4 a mile. Okay. Then more drivers come into this. Like if, if you guaranteed me $4 a mile, and I could operate at 2 dollars a mile. I'm I'm buying trucks. I'm going into the in into this industry because that's what happened during COVID. So more trucks come into this industry. But freight goes up and down. Like sometimes we have more freight during, you know, Christmas and we have less freight during February. Freight goes up and down. How do you maintain paying every single truck? four dollars a mile how do you maintain that because trucks are just going to keep coming in and keep coming in and keep coming in but freight's not going to be keep is not going to keep coming in so how do we eliminate trucks out like if we're not using the threshold of finances and build in and that what is how do we get trucks out of the market That don't belong here. Because right now we use capitalism. You can't, you know, you come into the market and you come in during it's busy. Like UPS used to hire, back when I was in like high school and stuff, UPS would hire during Christmas and, you know, college and stuff. During Christmas they would hire temporary people to come in and work the Christmas rush. Well, after the Christmas rush, they might hire, I'm going to use simple numbers, 50 people, but they'd only keep one. Like, I knew guys that worked every UPS every Christmas, but they never got hired on. They just worked, they were let go, they were laid off after the Christmas rush. But they made great money during that Christmas rush, during that boom when they were needed. So, but that, so in, a, in a company, you lay them off. Like, you bring them in as a temporary, they work the rush. When the rush is over, you lay them off, they find someplace else to work. That's when you're an employee, per se. How do you, when when you're in business and there's a rush, like there was a big boom in trucking, everybody rushed into trucking, now the boom's gone and people don't want to go. They're like, well, I'm not leaving. I bought all this equipment. But the boom's gone. I mean people who have been here 10 15 20 years they knew the boom was leaving because they've been here the 15 years so how do they how do you eliminate those people um, it's amazing new how brokers are brutally ignoring regulations and blaming drivers for getting unpaid when the regulation is in place to stop drivers from getting Un- underpaid. No, the regulation's not in there for you to get for, for your not being underpaid. Like, it's not that's not the case at all. If you want, Craig, please, I will drop you a, you just tell me, a link or a phone and I will give you access to either one and you can call in. But there is no shipper if a shipper finds out they can pay you mess, less money they will pay you less. Like, any place a company can cut profit, they will cut profit. Like, if they find out they can pay, let's say they're working with me, and they find out that there's another broker out there that, that'll do it for 10% less, they will go to 10% less. Like, they're not, it, that's what the job of a, of a corporation is. A job of a corporation is to pro- to turn as much profit as possible. You're know, right. Stock, when you buy, you know, stockholders look at this company and they want you to turn as much profit as possible. So it is not so that you're underpaid. That's their underpayment is not their job. Your underpayment is not their job. It's your job. Right they're running their own company it's it's not their job for their company to d- determine if you're underpaid or not at your company you don't work for them right th- this is where i th- th- this is where i'm starting to see the problem like you think it's the manufacturer of the goods that make the widgets that want to make sure you're properly paid for the job you're doing, then what's your job? Like, when you open up a company, what is your job? Is it anybody, like, let's say you now open up a company. You have 10 people. And you are hiring people at minimum wage. And let's say minimum wage is $12. Is it the job of somebody else to come in and tell you that you are underpaying your people. You should be paying them $15 an hour, even though starting salary at your company is $12 an hour. Is that the job of another company? Would that, does that, I mean, what are you going to tell someone that says, you know, we're here to make, we want to see your books because we want to make sure that you're paying your people fifteen dollars an hour, but my I don't pay them. My start my starting wage is minimum wage, which is twelve dollars an hour. Like, where does that? Where does somebody else have the right to come in? So that that man that shipper is if you're hauling the freight, if you're doing the job for and being underpaid while doing the job, then your business fails. The only time a shipper comes and says, hey, what's going on here, is if their freight's not getting picked up. And to be honest, there are a lot of customers that say, lower the price. We want to make more profit. Like a, a customer will tell me We need to turn, we need to have a higher profit margin on this. Is there any way we can find, is there a way we can lower the cost of shipping to get the numbers to to do the numbers better? Because they want a higher profit margin. And I think this is where, when the, and, and this goes back to my original point, if you all want $4 a mile, does that bring more trucks into the industry or get rid of them? And if it brings more trucks into the industry, does that hurt you or help you? Because there's only so much freight. Right? So if there's only so much freight and you if there's only 100 loads, but there's 300 trucks and then 400 trucks and 500 trucks and 600 trucks and 700 trucks but there's only 100 loads how and you're all going to have to get 4 dollars a mile how do we determine who gets that load i mean this is kind of where my my confusion lies with some with this stuff here is right now we do that with you know supply and demand and and capitalism when when you guys when truck drivers were hauling freight for 5 and 6 dollars a mile some businesses could not afford to pay that and they closed up like they they can't afford like when i mean think about it aoc comes in to her own district and there was a coffee shop that she had that she used to go to like cafe coffee shop rest little you know cafe well, the new law came in and said, you now have to raise your minimum wage to $15 an hour. The coffee shop, because of the, the 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 wage of $15 an hour, the coffee shop could not afford to compete. And they closed up. And I remember AOC basically did a photo op saying, oh, I hate to see this place go. I used to drink coffee here all the time, or whatever she used to, you know, she said. When technically that's what forced them out. So what I'm trying to what I'm trying to figure out here is you by some of these places that you're shipping to now will close, which will then pull back on freight and give you even more less even less freight. So if we come in and we say, so my, again, my question is, if you make it $4 a mile, how do you stop more and more trucks from coming into the industry? Like, how do you stop that? Because at some point, you're not all going to get loads. There will be too many trucks, and since I have to pay you $4 a mile, how do I pick Who gets the load and who doesn't get the load? Because I can't load all of you. There's only 100 loads and 500 trucks. And you all are getting $4 a mile. So how do I eliminate? How do I stop that? Now, we're starting to see stuff. We're starting to see things like that. Um, demanding a set rate, shippers and receivers will just buy their own trucks. Correct. And and I have had that happen. I can legitimately say from experience, when I do the overdimensional freight for my customer, when but I also do their fall-off freight and their so, and, and which is legal freight. When legal freight got up to four and five, six dollars a mile, my manufacturer added two trucks. They bought trucks and Brought in and basically said, look, if you work on the dock, we will train you to be a driver. And they trained and they took the drivers that were there, took the time and took the guys out and they got free CDLs for for basically working at the manufacturer. So my question is, again, how do we eliminate trucks? How do we get people out? Because I'll tell you what, I know a lot of guys are bitching and complaining, but the guys like Stewart... Uh, they don't care because they know that if once you go broke, there will be higher rates for him because he's been here long enough. He understands the system. He understands that all of you guys came in during the Christmas rush like UPS, but none of you were laid off. You were supposed to kind of leave on your own and you didn't leave. And now you're fighting that saying no keep me keep me keep me but there's not enough business to keep you so what we do in the business industry you know in business is it just lowers rates all right let me hit this well guys simple and short we need everyone there we need
2: everyone there owner operators wife from owner operators if you are not a driver and you want support because you know we moved the country, hey, you can be there with your family. If you have kids, we have everyone there, and we have to make this noise. We need this. You need this. And a lot of owners, we need this. You're going to okay. go out
1: of business if you don't do this. You're going to go out of business if you don't do this. Definitely. Listen to the wife of a truck Hey, driver. here's my wife, said
0: Okay, so he's basically saying that a lot of owner operators, but the problem is is we have so many owner operators that came in when volumes, the volume of freight needed the amount of drivers that came in. Now the volume of freight has gone down. We don't need you. So right now, spot market rates, let's say are 1.65. I don't know when you're going to watch this, so I'm just going to give averages. Um, contracted rates are 250. If I were to say, "Hey, can you survive on 250?" Most of these guys would say, "Well, yeah, I can survive on 250." Well, my next answer would be, "Go get a customer." Like I have a carrier I've talked to. He came in when COVID, like he lost his job, he he got money, jumped in, came in when COVID came in. Got his brokerage, started that, got his uh, started jumped in from a hot shot to do an OD and now he does over-dimensional freight, has double drops and things like that. Went out and started to get direct customers. Reached out to everybody and said, look, um, I need. You know I know rates are killing you right now. If you can guarantee me this, I'll do it for this price, which was lower than the going price. Who does he have right now? He has direct customers. He uses me. I'm, I'm probably one of his very few brokers, but he's got some other brokers he works with, but he doesn't, lo- he doesn't look at a load board. Cause he's hauling direct customer freight out of the house and he's reaching out to me and saying, Hey, you got, and, and I'm perfect because I send a ton of freight back to his house. Um, he's like, when you got something coming and we, he, we plan around this and he goes back. So he at least knew that if he was going to stay in this world, he had to get direct customers to offset the brokerage rate to do this. So he's one that got hired by UPS technically. I mean, he's not, but that's in my reference and my comparison. He's the one guy out of the 50 that they hired that got he actually got hired and and moved from temp position to full-time position. Meaning he worked with the brokers to get going. He got a direct customer. He's now got a direct customer sending him out and he's using, you know, brokers and stuff to get him back. Direct customer out, brokers back and so on and so on. And, you know, once he, I met him, once he moved one of my loads, he's like, you get these a lot. I'm like, I get these a ton. I go this, I do this lane a ton. He's like, can I call you anytime I'm coming down? Absolutely you can. Or there's times where I know I'm going to get something in two weeks. I can call him and say, hey, in two weeks, I'm going to have this going back here. He's like, all right, let me call my customer and tell him. And then he calls his customer. He says, hey, you got anything going? Because, you know, blah, blah, blah. I can get around trip quick. And he works that system. It's hard, but he's learned to work that system. So the issue again, I'm going to keep asking this. If so the spot market freight right now is a dollar 60, but the contracted rate is 250. So it sounds like the problem isn't the rates because you some of these guys could easily make it on 250. The problem is is they they came into the industry and learned nothing. You are learning nothing. You're not understanding. This is why I, I post this on my community page. You are literally not learning how this industry works. You jumped in, took the money, and then when the money went away, you're, you're just either playing dumb or you don't want to take the time to say, okay, now that I'm in this industry, I'm making great money. Somebody explain to me how this works. Where's, you know, where does contract freight come from? Where does spot market freight come from? Where does you know, spot rates come from? What's a, load to, a, a tender rejection? What, okay, it's, you're not learning any of this. You know, you're, well, okay, freight's going down. What is that going to do? Okay, load boards are, like I said, load boards are going away. So what, what should I do to fix that? You should make better contacts with your brokers so that you don't have to use load boards. You know, nobody wants to learn the industry that they're in because they were just given money they're just given this money so when that money goes away they're they're confused and my issue again i have no problem you want to make four dollars a mile you want all trucks to be four dollars a mile okay how do we get how do i choose you to pay the four dollars to because now you're leaving this option up to me, and I'm going to go with the option from the guy that has ten trucks rather than one truck, because he can help me—he can help me ten times rather than one time. I'm going to go with the guy that's got a perfect CSA score, or not perfect, but at least within the thresholds. I'm going to go with the threshold guy. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy that can communicate with me well, that ne- that's never late, that's always on time, that understands that. You know, the the better I look, the better he looks, the better we all look. I am you know, what type of equipment are you running? Who's your insurance carrier? I'm not going to use anybody from Progressive because Progressive doesn't like to pay. So you got to have better than Progressive. Like, because you're all now getting $4 a mile. You've made, you have made yourself completely equal. You're not worth more than four, but you're not worth less than four. So now you've given me the opportunity to decide who I want to take for that $4 a mile. And, and this is, and so now what do we do? How do we kick people out? Um, I mean, do we say once you get a, a CSA score of, of 10 points over the threshold, we're going to kick you out? Because that's what deregulation was. I mean, do we not take any more trucking companies in? Do we basically say, hey, we can't let any more trucking companies come in because there's no way for financially for them to go out of business because they're all guaranteed money they're all guaranteed a profitable wage you are all guaranteed a living wage does that sound familiar a living wage your business is guaranteed a living wage what does that sound like? Because that's what some of these guys want. That's what scares me. What, what scares me is this is, is... This is communism being hidden under the, the blanket of fairness.
2: Hi people, now I'm gonna talk in behalf of those wives of truck drivers. So... and have kids. We know the, this business is, ri- is risk on the road, and we don't know if these drivers are coming back home. We'd stay at home with our kids. All
0: right, now here is the fear tactic. This this the business is risk; it's dangerous. We don't know if our husband's ever going to come home. He might, you know, he might die on the road. Well, one, you entered this business knowing that before you came in, right? That's a, is it a possibility? It is, but so is that for a police officer. Uh, somebody who is deployed, I'm talking deployed, not gone for two weeks, but deployed for a year in the military. I mean, there are lots of, if we're going to base it on he might never come home and I have kids, well, then maybe you should got a local trucking job. Maybe when you got your authority, rather than going over the road, you should have reached out to all of the local companies in your area and possibly hauled LTL or local. If, if you couldn't go over the road, like if I joined the Coast Guard, but I knew, I knew I got seasick, I knew it. Like I've been on boats and I'm always getting seasick. Maybe I shouldn't have joined the Coast Guard. Now it's different. We did have some people who's never been on a boat. They get out there, they get, and they, they couldn't do it because they did not know they got seasick, but I, I should, maybe I shouldn't, or maybe, (laughs) which we have these people, Maybe if you can't swim, I'm talking can't swim, you shouldn't join the Coast Guard. I mean, we have specific swimmers, but part of our boot camp was they stuck you in a pool and you had to swim two laps. You had to be able to swim to pass boot camp because it's the Coast Guard. We're on the water, and they don't want you falling in and not being able to swim or tread water. So we had to tread water for so long and we had to swim. That was a part of boot camp qualifications. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. But if you know you can't swim, maybe the Coast Guard's not the thing for you. Maybe the, uh, the, the Marines, maybe the, uh, the Army, maybe not the Navy, maybe not the Coast Guard. But so a part of being, of, of being a truck driver and being over the road is leaving your family. You're made aware of it. You know. And if you don't know, before you jump into $200,000, 300000 investment, maybe you should research what's entailed in the business you're about to open.
2: And if we're going to stay at home with our kids and we're not going to see our husband for days, even for weeks, and they're going to risk their life in the road, we have to make this financially worth it. And right now it's...
0: They're not risking their lives, right? Risking their lives would be a member of the military. All right, I'm not going to compare those as the same as truck driver and somebody who joins uh, the infantry in the military. I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Right? They're not. A police officer risks his life. A firefighter risks his life. Every single call is dangerous. When I joined the Coast Guard, there were times I we risked our lives to go out in bad weather and stuff like that. But there was calls that were just. You know, we're running up the river because somebody's boating while well intoxicated or somebody's stuck in the mud or something like that, right? So not every call are we risking our lives to the fact that you know a police officer, somebody who joins the military, a firefighter. So let's let let's kind of not blow it way out of proportion here. Is it a possibility? It is, but it's also something you're fully aware of.
2: Not so if you want, please, no, if you want, please, please, please wife, come and support. Even women are truck drivers. It's even harder absolutely, for them absolutely. to live their kids weeks, days, and risk
0: their life. Maybe, maybe, and this is just me, maybe, maybe I'm old-fashioned. Maybe if you have young kids and you're a mom, maybe you shouldn't leave your kids. Maybe truck driving's not for you. Maybe you should raise your children. Maybe you should be there and not leave your children for weeks. If that's how you choose to raise your children. Like, you're choosing to do to, to, to enter this business you're choosing to be a truck driver you're choosing to leave your children you're fair you're not drafted you know you're choosing to make this this decision based on finances because you want the money maybe you should stay home and raise your kids if that's how you feel that way
2: expecting to come back but it doesn't happen they are going to be kids without mothers out there so please woman we need your support as well Bring
0: maybe as, as as a culture we, we shouldn't leave our kids without mothers maybe we should do the best to make sure that they have a mother at home with them not leaving them for weeks old fashioned I guess
2: your kids so everybody can see this is not just drug drivers it's their families as well So we expect you in May 1st. Please, we
1: need your support. Let me put it this way. Please. The truck drivers of this country rebuilt this country after a pandemic. Every time there is a city that is burnt down.
0: They supplied. Truck drivers didn't rebuild the country. They supplied. They resupplied the country. Now, it matters. The words matter. Because let's understand the, the, the supply chain supplies, not rebuilds.
1: Looted, rioted. It is the truck drivers who rebuild that city.
0: No, it's the truck drivers who resupply that city. Truck drivers were not out there with hammers and nails and, and build, re-putting the buildings back up and things like that and, and fixing the windows. Those were different positions. They were resupplying. Right? They were rebringing in supplies that, you know, could have been stolen.
1: Every single day. There is no question about it. Everything seems to be rising in this country from your price of eggs, gasoline, your insurance, your electric bill. The, the cost to maintain your truck continues to rise.
0: Okay, perfect. Now we're seeing what is called supply chain inflation. Now, so we all had that baseline where things stayed pretty good. Uh, where, let's say a nice average of $2 a mile. Uh, so the cost of eggs and the cost of goods and the cost of this stuff all pretty much stayed consistent. Then we have a huge spike in goods, shoots way up. And instead of getting $2 a mile, they're getting 5 and $6 a mile. Let's just use simple numbers. 5 and $6 a mile. I know, we can make a drinking game out of that every time I say, let's use simple numbers. Um, so you've got $5 a mile. So then what happens is the cost either has to, for those goods that you're complaining about, has to be raised... To cover the cost of the the logistical inflation. The supply chain inflation. Because either the company has to close up. Because they can't absorb the cost. So now this doesn't go instantly. Right? It goes. It went up quickly. You can almost see how fast inflation went up. With how fast volume went up. Right? You know what? I'll probably try to dig up those two charts. You can see... Inflation go up, supply chain, uh, volume and freight go up, almost the same line. So what happened was, is, is it, 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 in business, you don't respond instantly, right? You might not do your books ex- until quarterly. So when the quarterly books come around, you look at it and you're like, holy crap, we're taking a loss. And the CFO runs to the CEO and says, we're taking a, a loss because of shipping, what should we do? And the CEO says, raise prices. So it takes time for those prices to go up. I remember listening to a YouTuber called, um, his name is B.O.C. B.O.C. was on a live stream with, um, I can't remember what live stream, might have been best, somebody. And he basically said that these prices are here to stay. And his statement was, when's the last time you've seen wages go down once they go up? But the problem is, is these aren't wages because wages you're right they don't normally go down what happens when wages go up and you can't maintain those wages you lay them off you get laid off so you don't your wages aren't going up to $15 an hour and then going back down to 12 we lay you off at 15 and we hire somebody new at 12 so right now we are at the layoff stage of spot market freight. You are all being laid off. You just won't go yet. You, you're <laughs> you showing up and you're like, wait a minute, I'm still here. Hello? No, no, we laid you off. You can go home now. You can find something else to do. We don't need you anymore. But wait, I'm here. I have the truck. No, it doesn't matter. So this is where the confusion kind of lies. You, people thought that because wages went up to 15 bucks an hour and they don't go down, they thought, Freight rates were the same. And we don't. We don't bring wages down. We lay people off and we rehire for less. Well, right now, we're trying to lay people off in the trucking industry. But they won't go. And then we're rehiring new trucks for less money to bring costs down. That's where we're at right now. I, I don't know what it takes for me to basically break this down as much as possible. But this is the best way to understand this. After this, I, if you're still out there, and there are some people that it, it takes a very long time processing this information, that's where you're at. You're being laid off. So either you find another way to keep your job... Hence, maybe tanker. Or you find something else to do. But the, the reason you came in and made so much money is, is it's now gone. The volume of freight is gone. The season's over. The job's canceled. It's closed. We're no longer building this building anymore. We build a building. We hire people to build a building. When the building's done, if we have no other buildings to build, we lay them off. That's where we're at. So the reason that this stuff is so high is because logistically, we went from $2 a mile for freight to $5 a mile. We went from $1,000 a container from China to the United States to $20,000 a container. Where do you think those costs came from? Where do you think so if I gotta pay twenty thousand dollars to get the same container from China to the United States, check up prices. We need more mechanics because there's more trucks on the road. I gotta pay higher le- I gotta pay higher wages to bring mechanics in because I want the guy. And the only way I can get this guy is if I pay him 20 bucks an hour when the other company is paying 18 bucks an hour. So the cost of labor has to go up. Because if I'm now paying $50 an hour f- to my mechanic, I, instead of charging $100, I might have to charge $150 an hour to cover everything else. Here's another one people aren't thinking of. The cost of inflation. Every time they hike the inflation rate, 0.25, 0.25, 0.25 0.5, companies pay payroll with lines of credit. So if my... I'm now paying 6%. Instead of paying 2% on top of my money to make payroll, I'm paying 6% to make payroll. That's an additional cost to my payroll. Because nobody pays with cash, right? These these companies aren't paying cash. They're they're paying you before they're even paid. So you now have companies that are trying to make $100,000 worth of payroll this week. And it's now costing them $7,000 rather than $2,000 to make that $100,000 payroll. Look, we are in a recession. If you have extra money, keep it. You're going to need it. Because every tick causes the tick of payroll to go up. Which causes businesses who have large payrolls to either lay off or charge more for their goods. Just to make payrolls.
1: But these rates are absolutely disgusting. You cannot haul any of this. If you rely on the 3PLs like the majority of the owner-operators do, this is your opportunity to make the biggest noise legally possible. Legally. There is a
0: permit set. What? And here's the problem. What noise are you looking for? Well, we want we want more money. Okay, how much do you want? More? How much? Pick a number. Now, this is how it works. So you have you have some of uh, three PL comes to me. Let's just say I'm a, I'm a manufacturer, and they say we can provide you logistical services. We can do uh, freight audits. We can do uh, TMS systems. We can do Freight forwarding, trucking, or we can handle all this. And I say, okay. Here's my freight. I might have multiple 3PL brokers I work with. So you're broker one, broker two, broker three. And it gets a preferred broker list. Like I'm a preferred broker for one of my customers. I'm the preferred broker for over-dimensional freight. I'm the first, the first who gets access to that load. Okay. If I can't cover it or my pra- uh, the price isn't right, they move to other ones. Right? It could be it could be based on price. They could say we want the lowest price from the preferred carry from the preferred providers. Well, if it can't be covered, it becomes a tender rejection, and they go out to the spot market. But if right now the customer the broker can make more money posting it to a spot market carrier because supply and demand right now is making it where the spot market carriers will either have nothing or this load they're going to do that a shipper is going to do that if a shipper can save money on freight a shipper will do that I mean it's not it's not always about well if we get rid of the broker I'm the me, the truck driver, is going to get more money. Why would you get more money? Because the guy in the middle is gone. Well, what was the guy in the middle doing? Well, he was, I don't know. He was just answering the phone. No. What, what, what was he doing? Can you do what he was doing? Well, no. You can't do what he was doing? Can you get me 10 trucks? No. Can you do freight auditing? No. Do you have a TMS system or any type of uh, EDI electronic dis- uh, software that allows me to post loads through your system to multiple carriers? Well, no. Can you get me rail quotes? Well, no. Can you get you know? Can you do this stuff? No. Then why do you get more money? I'm going to pay if I'm a shipper. I'm going to pay you exactly what you were hauling the load for before because now I've got to take that extra money and I've got to hire somebody to handle that. You're not going to get it because who does the job that the the, the 3PL was doing? Me for free? No. If you were hauling something for, well, because the first thing they're going to ask is, well, guess what? Transparency. I want to see what you were hauling the load for from the broker. And you're going to say, well, I was hauling it for $1,000. And they're going to say, well, I'll give you the load for $1,000, but I'll make sure I'll give it to you. Well, no, no, I want it for more. Why do you want it for more? Are you doing more? No. So why do you want it for more? If you don't think businesses do talk like this, if you think businesses just give out free money, that wrong, that's the government. The government gives out free money. Businesses are usually smarter than that when it comes to money. They have to. So if you don't think somebody's going to say, why do you want more money? And your only answer is, we're not using a broker anymore. Say, well then, now I know what they're paying you. I'll just keep the broker and just tell the broker, you know, we need to lower the price. I'm not getting rid of the, you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not giving you free money. You're going to have to do something for the additional money you want to haul the load. Because you already hauled it $4,000. $4,000. Why is this? Why is this so difficult for people to understand? That's my problem. Two things. The first thing is, is if everybody gets $4 a mile, how do we get rid of carriers? Like if it's all, if it's 100% profit on loads, everybody and their brother is going to buy a truck and jump into trucking. No one will leave. No one will leave. So how do we get rid of trucks? Because you only have so many loads. That's my first question. Please, please answer this for me. Somebody. You only have 100 loads. But as long as you guarantee people money, trucks are going to keep coming in. Because I'm guaranteed if I haul freight. How, how do we get rid of trucks? Like, do you get put on a waiting list? When you're pick a you know pick your number, like you're going to the DMV, and you're like number one sixty one. Wait to be called, and once your load number gets pulled, we'll call you, and then you can haul this load. Like what? And if you miss it because you're not here, we skip you. Calling one sixty one truck one sixty one. Going once, going twice, fine. Truck one sixty two. Now you've lost your spot. Like, I, I, I don't understand.
1: We're asking not to bring your trucks, but let's have a march after. We will have our demonstration right in front of the USDOT. Bring your signs. Angel wants kids to make their own signs on behalf of their daddy that leaves, on behalf of their mommy that leaves. We see the signs all the time at the construction zones, which it says, my daddy works here. Well, my daddy leaves me. My da- it should be financially worth it to leave your children, to leave your friends, your family, your house, because there's no guarantee you're
0: going to make it home. I drove for 20 years. I get it. I totally- Okay, so a couple things here. First, you drove for 20 years and you've learned nothing in how the system works. You have not learned how logistics works. You have not learned how business works. You have not learned how economics works. You have not learned how supply and demand works. After 20 years, you haven't learned the industry. I'm telling you right now, you want to make the industry better? Stop having people that have been in it for 20 years not have to learn new stuff. If you can be in this industry for twenty years and you literally have no idea how supply and demand works, how three PLs work, how brokers work, and how you know how trucking works, how sh- and you can't, you don't know how it works. You're the problem. You're the problem. Second, um, I, I, you're welcome to march. You're welcome to make signs. Please. I want everybody to line up and go march so that I can we can all put all the people who have no idea how the industry works in one big happy place. And then we can say, "Okay, this is how many people who don't know how this system works right here." There you go. That's how many. Because the people who know how it works, the carriers who know how it works, the carriers that understand that why can't you survive on a $1.50 a mile? Let me ask you a couple questions. Do you have a brokerage? No. Okay. How many trucks do you have? One. So you don't have access to other trucks or multiple streams of income for your company? No. How many years have you been doing this? 10 years. So 10 years and you're a single truck owner operator with, no with no other streams of income in the, in the field of logistics. Well, who can survive at these low costs? Carriers uh companies that have gone out and have a brokerage that have that does warehousing that has marketing departments that have multiple trucks and they're making money with 10 trucks. Look. If you're a solo driver, a a single owner operator, it is not going to be beneficial for you. It's not. It's just not. We are literally going the way that we don't want a solo doing this. You're not, you're not economically feasible, optimized you know, you're, to, to the supply chain. Multiple trucks are more optimal because I can go to one and get five trucks or 10 trucks or 15 trucks. I'm telling you, you're going to want to lease on you, look, do I like Jeffrey Light and brokerage? I don't like Jeffrey Light and brokerage. Do I feel that you, if you, you should lease on, you should lease on to a Jeffrey Light because he's got m- more leverage? I do. Do I feel you should lease on to a Spectre? I do. Because they have more leverage. Now, all owner operator type fleet uh, is still a, a little dangerous to work with. Do I, if you're going to be a solo, then become a company driver. And if you want more money, get your tanker. Do oversize. I mean, obviously, oversize is another jump because you have to be trained and stuff like that. But it is not going to be feasible for me to reach out to a solo carrier with one truck, one operator, who's driving the truck and doing everything, when I can pay this money to somebody who has 10 trucks. Who has a dispatcher. Who I can call up and say, hey, I need two trucks. It is going to be very... Can you do it? You can. But if you think that that's the only stream of revenue is you and your truck, it's not going to be a very uh, enjoyable time in the trucking industry for you. Trucking companies don't make it when they have multiple streams of income. If you think a solo with one truck is going to make it with the price of insurance going up, the price of repairs going up, the price of trucks going up, um, eventually now we're coming down to uh, geofencing and tracking and AI software and basically also going to be coming down to, hey, you know, this is how many points you have with us. This is how many, you know, you're not doing that good on your social credit score points with us. I'm it you are lose. You as a solo single operator does not have the leverage as a carrier with with when I'm looking when I'm looking to work with people. Is that? That's kind of basically what it, it's going to be hard. That's what I tried to explain. The load boards are kind of going away. You know, you picking the freight off the load boards, the brokers and and these people are going to start picking you because they know you're coming. They can track you. The flow system and the, and the programs that are in place by the Department of Transportation can see where you're going. And they're going to start picking you with targeted rates, targeted pricing, targeted uh, loads, just like they do with Amazon when it comes to buying goods. I, understand.
1: I don't want to hear anything about racism. I don't care if your name is Mohammed, Bill, James, or Jamal. This is about you. Okay, I don't care what God you believe in. It could be Jesus Christ or or what is that? Allah. I don't care. You serve this country every single day, and you're not appreciated. The least you should uh, get is paid properly.
0: Okay, paid. What is paid properly? This is see. This is the problem that I have with this. Like what we've talked about, paid properly meaning you negotiated two thousand dollars to do the load, and they're not paying you two thousand dollars. Yeah, you 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 need to get paid. Hundred percent. That's what. That's what the negotiation was. That's where you should be paid. One hundred percent. All right. Yeah, you're Butch. You're in trouble. You know what? You you might have to disguise them, um, maybe, and and figure out another way. Maybe you can, you know, uh, I don't know. We'll have to find something that we can call them other than than livestock. We might have to disguise them and say that they're toys. That they're toys for. um you know those toys that go out in front of the uh, um well you said Costcos and stuff with the little riding type things you can just tell them that they're toys. You haul toys or something other than that cuz you could be in trouble. Um he, at some point you know hang on let me play cuz there's one more. I do
2: hey, know anymore.
1: Every day you're a hero and I want you to understand that. You need to understand how important you are to this country. To the men and women that go to the grocery stores that have no idea how it got there. I know how you how it got there. He knows how I got there. She knows how it got there. It is time for you to get paid what you're worth. As a man, we have to swallow our pride and beg for an extra fifty dollars now. Okay? We all know hey, it's like a drug deal over the phone. Hey, let me get this for an extra fifty dollars. It shouldn't get, be
0: this way. Get- okay. Now, welcome to business welcome to business right? as a man you have to beg for 50 bucks no you have to basically you, you have to be business savvy you have to be business savvy you, you should be paid what you're worth what are you worth because you, remember trucking makes the world go round you're right but you don't I don't need you I need a truck So if you're a solo driver with one truck, one operator, are you worth more or less than the guy with 10 trucks sitting next to you? I mean, if you have a marketing, let's say tracking You know, all this stuff that you can do. Are you worth more with all of this being computer savvy? Or are you, you know, if you're not computer savvy, like what makes you worth what you're worth? Because if it's just the truck, you're in trouble because I don't know if you've looked to the right and to the left when you're at the truck stop and you wake up in the morning, but the truck stops is filled with things that look just like your truck. So what makes you worth more? Because it's not the truck. Hey, please, have $50 more in this law? Why we have to do it? Why? You have to do it because you want it. If you want $50 more, you have to sell yourself or forgive me services that are worth that. Look, we all do this all the time, right? You go someplace and you go to buy uh, a car. You, they have to try to show you why the car is worth $100,000. What features it has. What electronics it has. What extra warranty it has. They have to do And if it doesn't, you base they take it off. What does it have to make it worth that? What do you have to make you worth that $50? That $100, that $200. I mean, this, I, and I think the problem is is that too many people come in this industry and then they they see the load, like I said, we would this would stop if we did not post the, the freight rates on the board. Now, you have tools, you have your own analytics, you have DAT 123 truck stop analytics, you can get all those analytics, you can buy sonar, You can get all these analytics to be able to go and say, well, here's why this rate should be this. Here's where I need to be on this rate, and here's why. But the only thing that makes you better than the truck next to you is knowledge of the industry. And I'm not just talking about holding the steering wheel. I'm talking about of the entire industry. The entire industry. And if you can't make it to D.C.
1: and you're in the West Coast, stage yourself right in front of the D.A.T. analytics freight uh, place in Beaverton, Oregon, where the loads are actually distributed. That big building right there, stage yourself in front of there. If you're in Texas, stage yourself right in front of Austin, Texas and the Capitol. If you're in the upstate New York and you can't make it, stage yourself in Albany. In every single capital, stage yourself. Oh yeah. Yes. In every single capital, whether you're in Florida, whether you're in Idaho, whether you're in Montana, it is time to shut this country down because they're shutting May you first. down. They're shutting you down. May 1st, shut it down. Uh, we would love to see you in D.C. And me personally, I would love to see the Million Driver March. We have Muslims Against Drug mm-hmm. Driving Marches. We have the Rainbow Gang uh, Marches. We have, yeah, I don't want to say anything else. We have uh, a... Black Lives Matter marches. Why can't we have the Million Driver March? The drivers who actually rebuild this country every time we fuck it up. Excuse my language, but that's what it is. That's what it is. We move
2: the country. We have the power in our hands to fix this. We have the power to do it.
1: There's several things wrong with trucking. The first thing wrong with trucking is obviously the rates. The second thing is, how easy is it for you to go on freight guard? How easy is it for you? And then that's it. You're done. Nobody will touch you. Once you're on freight guard.
0: All right. So this is beautiful. The rates. Again, we've talked about the rates. Let's give you all four bucks. Some, I can't, please, somebody, I, he's welcome to reach out to me. Please, somebody tell me if you're all getting $4 a mile, which is 100% profit for a $2 mile, you're all flooding in, trucks are coming in, trucks are, are all entering, but you only have 100 loads. How do we determine who gets the load? How do we eliminate trucks? How do we eliminate trucks? Because now he's like, well, freight guard. So what freight guard is, is like a carrier 411 where let's say you're, you do something that the, the broker doesn't like, they can post it on there. Like, let's say you were late for the load, um, you held the load hostage, anything that they didn't, you know, didn't feel, they can post it on there about your carrier. So what he's basically saying is, look, I want all the money and I want no reason, no reason to be kicked out. So now and I'm not a 401 carrier 411 thing. I do it in-house. But at some point, how do we determine who's better than who? You they all want a living wage. They all want a living wage. Okay? That's what they want. A living wage. And they want no reason to get fired. You can't fire me and I want a living wage. Does that sound like anything we know of? Living wage, can't fire me.
1: People message me while I'm doing this live uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> It is time to make a stand, May 1st, 2023. Come by the bus loads. Stay there. Let your voice be heard. There will be a massive media coverage there. Bring your signs. It is time to be loud. The loudest ones are the ones that are heard. If you're going to sit home and cry, we'll do it for you. But believe me, there are power in numbers. It is time to show up and take a stand. Stop begging for an extra $50 for these loads. Stop running cheap. Stop running cheap. Stop like running it says. Cheap. Yeah. Just say no to cheap.
0: What's cheap freight? Freight. All right. Look, somebody emailed a couple. Actually, two people. I was actually shocked, but somebody emailed me this and said, "More, you know, this is more bullshit." And, and and you're right. Like, who's gonna pay? And let's 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 take a look and see who comes out with the GoFundMe for the people that are gonna go to this. Let's let's track the money and see uh, how many people come out and say raise money for the people going to the to the new protest in front of the DOT, right? Let's see when how quickly that comes out or when that comes out or who hosts that or who runs that, right? I mean, this is kind of where, where we are. One of the people that uh, is obviously on this, did I open this up? Let me see if I open this up. Let me pull this down. Let me minimize this. is the uh, the leftist trucker. The leftist trucker has this posted back, I think, in February. Let me find it. Um, that he's going to be there. Uh, where am I at now? I'm at March. Do, 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 right here. So it's right here on the leftist trucker on on Facebook. Uh, it says, see you all on May 1st. All right. Well, what's kind of the leftist trucker if you kind of Uh, Well, let's see what it says. Uh, This here is a page for 18-wheel critiques on the late stages of capitalism. Ooh, that sounds good. So far, we're in good, you know, good thing. Uh, Let's see. Followers, following. Uh, The optimistic communist. That's good. Um, we We got quite a few things here. A lot of Stalin stuff, a lot of Marx stuff right here. The last thing we need is another communist meme page. Um, the the satanic temple, uh, that's going to be probably a good Facebook thing. And I'm not a Facebook person, obviously, that much, so I don't, I don't do this. But there just seems to be, you know, some of the people supporting this are the old comrade, demigirl, uh, anarchy, I don't know. Uh, these guys are definitely in support and feel this is a good thing. Right, so that was one um another one is the left chapter of socialism. Uh, these guys did something on um the justice m- truckers movement for justice. so these guys are definitely um a part of this um, this this logic, and I'm not sure if he's connected to this, you know that's kind of something so my main thing is, like I said, is what, and, and you guys, like I said, somebody wants me to drop the link, tell me to drop the link. Just say drop the link, right? Just just, just tell me what it takes. Let me go to live chat here. Tell me what it takes to, because the only way this works, right? The only way this works, if we raise the price, the, we have to force the price, All right, so now we're going to force the price up. So you're all going to get four bucks a mile. Is we cannot allow any more trucks into trucking. We have to go back. You know, you can't come in, right? Because we can't just allow trucks, more and more trucks, to come in and pay four dollars a mile. So we have to stop letting trucks in. So all trucks and trucking authority. What, unless you already have a trucking authority, you can't come in. Uh, we also have to limit the amount of trucks that carriers bring on. Sounds like a lot of control, but this is the only way this works. So you can't have $4 a mile and let just every carrier keep bringing on trucks. So now you have to go and say, well, you're only allowed to have this many trucks. Right? You're only allowed to have this many trucks. Now... We also have to have a means to get rid of trucks because you can't have 500 trucks and 100 loads. Because at some point, you're all going to have to pick a number and it becomes a free cheese line, right? So at this point, you're going to have to find a way to limit trucks and now you're kicked out. We're going to have to be able to kick you out. So what what determines being kicked out? Is it your safety score? Is it your um, performance? Do you get performance points where if you're late, you get, you know, eventually three times late, you're kicked out? Um, what, what's the categories? Like, what do you do? Because there has to be a way to kick carriers out to eliminate them. And you can't let new carriers in. Because what I'm trying to tell you is if you all got a living wage, does that work? And if you're raising the prices for for trucking, small businesses won't be able to afford those prices. They won't be able to compete with places like Walmart or Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts. So if you're a small coffee shop, you're not going to be able to afford the shipping rates for the for the merchandise that are coming in. Then you go under. You close up. So then do we go in and say, well, all coffee has to now, you can only charge $2 for a cup of coffee. And all coffee has to be the same price. And then, if you're guaranteed 4 bucks a mile... How good do you have to be? Like, let me ask you this. And, and I ask this the same thing. I'd love to have him on. Two drivers, do you feel as a driver, a lot of drivers come up and they're like, hey, I'm definitely better than this guy. I'm, I, I'm a, you know, I've got to say, I got a better safety score. I got a better um, performance record. I'm always on time. I'm always calling. I, ca- I do all my check calls. And then you have some guys that have none of that. But he's going to get $4 and you're going to get $4. Why would you work that hard to get the same amount of money as the other guy? Yeah, exactly, Cam. It it doesn't make sense. Hang on a second, Cam. So this is kind of my, my situation. How do we do this? I mean, I, look, you guys want the more money. Let's sit out, sit and and this is where Asian Mai wants to have. Well, you know, we need to have discussion. We need to have debate. We need to have this. Nobody wants to discuss or debate because I, I two questions. Two questions. How do we stop trucks from coming in? Like. If everybody's getting $4, does that are more trucks going to come in? And if your answer is well yes, because if, you know, if everybody could make 100% profit and it's guaranteed, of course they're going to all come into trucking. Okay, second question. How do we kick people out if they don't fail because of capitalism? How do they leave the industry? And if they say well they, you know, they wouldn't leave the industry. Well then it, it won't work. Because you only have one hundred loads to haul, but you ha- now have a thousand trucks. How? Who doesn't get a load? You can have four bucks a mile, but who doesn't get a load? Are we picking numbers? I explain the system works because we kick people out because they, they're not smart enough to, to come into the industry and be better than the next guy because they, don't, they come into the industry during the peak time and they don't, when, they, when they don't realize they're being laid off, it's time to go. If you came in, if you jumped in, you should have jumped in, made money, sold your truck and got out like the stock market. Jump in when it's low, Get out when it's high. That's what you should have done. But now you're holding on to that stock and the stock's crashing. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want the government to to raise that stock price back up. No. It's down. You missed. Well, you know what? We should all protest in front of Wall Street and tell them that they can't lower the price of the stock. It has to be, stay up there. Well, at least long enough until I can get out. Then it can drop down. Because that's what just happened to you. The stock went up. Then it's, and once it went up, poof, it went down. And none of you motherfuckers sold it. And now you're bitching that it's at the bottom. When the guys that were already here, Knew where the bottom was, and they're like, "Well, no, this is I've been here. I mean, it's it's bad, but it's nothing that you know. It's not as you know. If you needed three four bucks a mile to run, yeah, it wasn't like that. I th- these guys knew better. I look, it it just every single time I see these." I, I don't know if I'm dumbfounded or scared that this is what society is coming to, that that society and business owners and people are entering in society, are entering into an industry, are entering into business, spending $200,000, and they, they don't know the industry they're entering. They have no concept of the industry that they're entering. They don't know how it works. They don't know how to grow in it. They don't know which way to go. They have no clue, but the money's good. And then when it when that industry falls out from underneath them, they bitch that they want the government to come in and save them. That I don't know if that's, if it's dumbfounding to me anymore or if I'm terrified that this is what business owner has come to, business ownership has come to. The fact that You get in because the money's good and rather than take the time to learn the industry and learn how it works and have a grasp of it while you have an opportunity to to learn it because the money's good you don't at all in any way shape or form. You just spend this money and then when it falls out from underneath you you're like oh shit help me government bail me out. I don't I don't know. You're right. If I'm going to enter a business, learn. I remember the days that I was paid as a company driver, 19 cents a mile for Schneider. 19 cents a mile. I know they're not paying that now for company drivers, but I know that I I knew... Look, and it's the same thing. Maybe, Maybe the fix... Maybe the fix is mandatory military. Mandatory two-year military. That way you can learn chain of command and you can learn that if you don't like something, you take a test and you qualify for the next rank. Like, when I came in the military at, at like 26, I think, I was like, holy crap, there are 18-year-old kids telling me what to do and they're telling me to go shine metal. This sucks. This sucks. How do I get out of this? Okay, here's what you need to do. You need to get qualified boat crew. You need to get you know, you, first. You need to get qualified watchstander, boat crew, um, engineer, BTM, boarding officer, and then from boarding officer, you can take your MK three test, or you can get your order your MK three material and become a petty officer. That's what you have to do. The following things: you come in and you, you qualified watchstander, boat crew, engineer boarding team member, boarding officer, then, the, then you can take your MK3 test and become a Petty Officer. Got it! So I did all of them. Did my watch standard, did my boat crew, did my engineer, did my boarding team member, and then I did my boarding officer, and, once I was, uh, and then I said, okay, give me my test. Or not uh, boarding officer. I first I had to take my MK3, then boarding officer. I'm sorry. BTM, it, 20 years ago, I'm trying to remember. I was a boarding team member, then my MK3 test. And then my boarding, uh, boarding officer. And then officer of the day. And that was the max I could be qualified for until I ranked up again. So I did it. And I studied. And I stayed on station. Like I literally said, I'm going to stay here for two weeks until I'm qualified. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm memorizing this shit. So I can get qualified. So I can make rank faster. Faster. Made MK3 and then I had two non-rates underneath me. That was the chain of command. That's how it worked. You had to study, you had to pass tests, you had to get qualified, you had to memorize your AOR. Your you had to, you know, you had to go on the boat crew. I had to, I was there. Other people were going home. And I'm like, uh, can I go on their bow crew so I so I can get qualified faster? Uh yeah. Okay, thank you. I think I had the most Underway hours at the station. Because they were even bringing this to me and said, do you know how many underway hours you have? I'm like, I don't know, a lot. They're like, yeah, you have the most on station. Because I wanted to learn. I needed to know. I needed to know so I could make ranks, so I could make more money, so I could make get, get up in the chain of command so that I wasn't the guy out there at four o'clock in the morning with metal polish, polishing metal on a boat. We were boats because we were 47th. But we don't do that anymore. Maybe that's what it takes. Maybe it takes the fact that maybe you should serve two years mandatory military so you can learn chain of command so you can learn this. No participation trophies. Here you go. But this is what these guys want. And this is what this is going to cause. I don't, you know, oh, they're away for two weeks. Uh, Okay. There are military members that make less money than a truck driver that's deployed. I don't know. People can scream all day, right? TC Blogs can scream all day about, hey, you want to make more money? Here's what I'm making. It's a little harder because you got to pass this test and you got to take this test and you got to take this test. But once you take these tests, you're paid for for passing this. And people are like, ah, I'm insane. I'd rather keep doing the same thing over and over and over again until the government bails me out. I don't know. I know. Exactly. Deregulation. This is how deregulation worked. Butch here. Butch says, I'd love to hear what these complainers would say before deregulation. Deregulation made it where, I did a video on this, a short. You could not, the first thing you had to do is if you went out and got a customer, like you couldn't come into trucking without a customer. You, there was no brokers. You couldn't come in. So you'd go to that customer and you'd say, hey, if I you know, get a truck and get my authority, can I haul your freight? And they say yes. And they say, okay, well, what lanes do you have? And then you negotiate the lane and you say, okay, I'll run your, your Houston to, to Syracuse, New York for $2 a mile. Um, you then posted all of that information publicly. Where other carriers, other people who already had their authority, could see it. Then they would come in and they'd say, yeah, I can cover that for that price. We don't need to bring him in. He doesn't need to be a part of our group. Then you couldn't come in. That customer, whoever that other carrier was, Joe Schmo carrier, would start servicing the customer that you got. Would start servicing it. You weren't allowed in. Now, they did stuff like, you know, sell stuff and, you know, there was some stuff going on there. Like, well, if you don't want me to contest it, pay me. You know, stuff like that happened. We're not going to say it didn't. But you couldn't come in. You take all the time trying to get a customer, trying to get in the door, trying to talk to people. You do your negotiations. You establish your rates. You establish this. You take all that time. Post it. Someone like me who already has a carrier says, ah, Yeah. I can cover that with my trucks. Or if I added two more trucks, I can cover that lane. I don't need you. We don't need your authority. You're fine. We're fine without you coming into our group. We'll cover it ourselves. That's how it worked. Couldn't even come in unless you had a customer. Well, deregulation. Boop. All that goes away. Now you have a bunch of customers that don't know where to find trucks, who now need trucks, and you have a bunch of trucks that are all jumping in that don't need to find customers. Broker steps in and says, well, all right, shipper, I'll go out and find the trucks for you. They start finding the trucks, then they start hooking up with the shippers, and now these two can talk to each other, make this all happen, and poof. You're out running. Look, anybody wants to go to this march, go ahead. Do it. Take the time off. Take the the time, sit in front of a building, and do nothing. But people like me would be taking that time to learn the industry. I would be taking the time to making myself better than everybody that's sitting around in front of the DOT building, twiddling their thumbs, not making any money. And maybe that's the difference between why I'm not going to these protests. Because if the protest is nothing more than, hey, I want more money, then, hey, here's a protest for you. Learn some new shit. Read a book. Take a class. Pass a test. Then we'll give you more money. You want to sit and twiddle your thumbs and make signs saying, we want more money. We want more money. For what? Because if I was in front of the DOT, I'd say, for what? What are you doing? What are you doing for the more money? How are you making yourself better to that truck that just drove by? Or that guy that just drove by? Or the truck parked to you? Before you go there with a sign that says, give me more money, what are you doing to be better than the truck parked next to you? Are you reaching out to brokers? Are you establishing yourself, putting together any type of flyer, the type of equipment that you have, the type of, um, things that you do, the software that you have, anything like that? Are you looking into, you know, software for your office, your back office software, how to establish, you know, pricing? Do you have, do you have your doubles and triples? Do you have your tanker endorsement? How are you studying for those tests? Are you, better, are you in any way, shape, or form bettering yourself? Or do you expect the government to come in and better you and, and just give it to you for free? I don't know. Look. DIY said in Snorlord's live feed basically something to the gist of why does this guy always have to be... You know what? Hang on. Let me read it because I want to make sure I cover it properly. Hang on. Stand by on one. Go to my community. Oh, that's channels. Community. Hang on. I even posted... Alright, so DIY posted in Stone Lord's live feed after I put Hey, is this where I tell you I told you I was right about load boards? How single carriers are going to have a hard time? Why does this guy feel that why does a guy feel this dying need to be right all the time? Even at the cost of hurting someone else? Well, DIY my answer is because facts don't care about your feelings. That's my answer. Because facts don't care about your feelings. And look, if you can't hear what I'm saying, and you can only hear how I'm saying it, that's not my problem. That's not my problem, because what I'm saying is not wrong. It's if you can't take it, if you can't hear it, then go find a gentle, more caring, more de- you know delicate person to baby you through it. I'm not him. I'm not him. Why? Because no good deed goes unpunished. I've learned that on YouTube. But I've come from zero fucking dollars to running my own business for 20 years and making a pretty good profit that couple years I'm hoping to retire. So I might have some fucking knowledge here. But people don't like the way I say it. Well, did you even hear what I said? Because when people call me and they're a one-on-one with me, I, I tell you what, if you've ever spoke to me on the phone, I take phone calls. I interact with people. I help people. I will literally give you as much as I can possibly fucking give to the point But I'm blunt. I'm blunt when it comes to logistics. Right? And even people are like, oh, you're a narcissist. Well, uh, yeah, probably when it comes to logistics. Probably when it comes to logistics. Because I've earned the right after 20 years that when people start to stand up here and say, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. I actually do. And you can actually learn from me. And I, can, I will actually help So that being said, that's my rant for the day. Um, but I did want to kind of cover that because like I said, stop stop going to these protests if you haven't better, better, if you have not bettered yourself in the industry in which you're in, don't go to a protest and expect anyone else to give a shit. because you don't even care. You haven't even bettered yourself. You haven't learned something new. You haven't learned how the system worked. You haven't taken the time to better yourself. Why should anyone else give a shit? Yeah, and Cam, come up here and get this goddamn go-kart. That being said, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Like I said, this is uh, over on Rumble. This was going over on Rumble, too, so it was going to stay up on Rumble. Um, and I'll probably put this to, uh, I don't know, maybe members later down the line. I'm not sure yet. Either way, it's definitely over on Rumble. Uh, that being said, thanks for swinging in. I'm going to end this one here. As always, Sage out. <laughs>